How's it going, guys? Today, I'm very excited to announce my guest. He's a native of North Providence, Rhode Island, a Columbia University graduate, and the 2018 National Arena League MVP, Sean Brackett. How's it going today, my guy? Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me, brother. Yes, sir. For sure. For sure. So first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about your recruiting journey and how you ended up at Columbia? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm from a small town in Connecticut. Uh, I'm from Brooklyn, Connecticut originally. Um, went to Griswold High School, small public school um, in Connecticut. So, you know, when everyone's like, ask me where you're from, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you know, the casinos, I'm from like 50 minutes from casinos. So that's always our, you know, little key point for there. So, you know, not really a lot of recruiting going on in that area um it was actually so me and Jordan Reed were only kind of like the, the only kind of recruits um kind of from that area so he was actually like 15 20 minutes from my my school and he was also a quarterback back in the day too so he, it was just us two um really as a quarterback position so you know we'd go through the camps together um do the you know kind of recruiting circuit and so I know Jordan pretty well he's a great guy um, but we're really the only two kind of guys that are getting recruited at that time out of, uh, you know, Eastern Connecticut. So start off, you know, my brother, um, was an offensive lineman. So he got recruited, um, to central Connecticut. So he's two years older than me. So I got my first offer, um, as a sophomore, it was kind of, you know, they're talking to my older brother, trying to recruit him. And it's like, Hey, just, uh, just drop the phone off and have your brother walk by. So that was really how I got introduced, uh, introduced to, you know, the recruiting cycle and talking to coaches and stuff like that. So it was really just kind of through my brother. Um, and I really didn't want to go, I believe, you know, I wanted to go, uh, you know, high D1, I want to go BCS, I want to go, you know, BC, Syracuse, UConn, those type of guys. Um, and my brother was actually the one that wanted to go to Ivy League. So he ended up going to uh to ccsu central connecticut so i had you know a bunch of those offers going into my senior year um and you know the big time schools i I graduated at 17 and i played my first college game i was 17 so i was really young so those bigger schools they wanted me to go post-grad you know they they liked me they thought i was just a little bit young a little bit raw so they wanted to see me develop a little bit more um but once i first you know started getting recruited by the ivy leagues and uh, started getting offers from the Ivy League. My mom was like, yeah, like, you're going to uh, an Ivy League school. So if they're going to offer you those that position, you, that's really tough to, to, you know, to say no to. So kind of just fell in love with Columbia. Uh, you know, they're, they're the first school to really recruit me hard from the beginning. Um, love loved the head coach, love the offense coordinator, love the offense that they ran. And they, it was a very similar kind of system to what I was running at the time in high school. Um, and, you know, they said if I if I committed, I'd be the only quarterback in the class, have a great chance to play early on. Um, so it was really just, you know, uh, I'm a city guy. I love the city. So once I got there on an actual recruiting visit, I was sold pretty much from that. So, you know, I ended up uh, going early decision there. I think I committed uh, shortly after or maybe during my senior my senior. Uh, season for football so sometime in the fall and uh yeah that was that so you know really once I got you know I was Ivy League offered rolling and my mom was like you know that's an opportunity of a lifetime and you gotta take that so so that was that 
Right, bro. And you took advantage at it when you were at Columbia. You had some great numbers, my guy, 6,200 yards, 46 passing touchdowns, added 11 on the ground too. What kind of pro interest did you have right after, right after college was over? Um, so, you know, just going through the process, like I was, uh, I was first team all league as a sophomore. Um, you know, and I was, again, I was 18 years old at the time. Again, first team all league, got some, you know, got some looks for like MVP of the league even though we were, like, a middle-of-the-road team. Um, so there was a little bit of, like, I, I want to say hype, but there's just a little bit of interest, you know, early on. Um, junior year, had another pretty good year. Um, we didn't have a good year as a team. Still put up good numbers, but I was really hurt the whole year as a junior. Um, so, again, that's when really agents started talking to me, you know, what, what's your plans, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then my senior year, unfortunately, my uh, the, the coaching staff got let go. So a whole new coaching staff came in. Um, uh, it was, uh, I would say it wasn't really a, a, a great fit. Um, so I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to really talk, talk smack on people. But um, so afterwards, you know, I signed for my agent, John Perez in Jersey. Um, had a little bit of interest going into pro day. You know, I knew I wasn't going to draft it, but I thought I had a pretty good chance of, you know, getting into a training camp or a mini camp or something like that. So waiting after the draft, um, no calls, no calls came. So, you know, I was kind of a little bit surprised by that. Definitely a little bit disappointed. Um, but my agent was like, you know, Sean, like the, your, your game translates so well to the CFL. So, um, you know, just, just kept on working, kept on grinding, got a couple offers from the CFL. Um, ended up, you know, negotiating with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So they had they had my rights for I think a year, year and a half, and we just really couldn't work, couldn't kind of figure out a deal. Um, I think they ended up signing a, a few veteran quarterbacks um, instead of coming in, you know, me coming in as a young guy, a rookie. And then they wouldn't release my rights. So you know, I had other, I had a bunch of interest from other teams, um, the CFL, but the way it works in the CFL, if, you know, the team has your negotiating rights, you are not allowed to talk to any other team. So it was like, it was, it was a strange time. I was kind of in limbo, you know, I didn't play football for a whole year, just trying to get released from the red black. So I can, you know, finally talk to other teams. Um, I, eventually we did get released and it kind of worked out. So I think it was 2015 was able to get my full release from the red blacks. And then, actually signed my first uh, pro contract in the arena league with the Las Vegas Outlaws. And then the rest is kind of history. It's just been, uh, been in the arena league for the last six years. Went to mini camp um, in 2018 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, you know, I had a, had a cup of coffee up there and uh, been really arena ever since. Yeah. And that's kind of leads us into the next question. Like kind of take us into your transition into the arena football league, like you just kind of did. And then um, like, how'd you like get into the league? And then like, how different is it from playing like your traditional outdoor football? Yeah. So um, like I said, so I was kind of out of football for maybe a year, maybe a little over a year. So, you know, I was just back home working out full time, got a like a part-time job. Um, and, you know, my agent just had my, my highlight film. So he was sending out highlights to, you know, different teams and different leagues and stuff like that. Um, like I said, we kind of just got, got our full release from the Red Blacks. So I, was, I, I thought, you know, I was going to sign to a CFL team. And then uh, just really out of the blue, off, just off a highlight tape, um, Coach Aaron Garcia, you know, offered me the contract to play arena. 
So, you know, I was obviously ecstatic to just sign a professional contract at that time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so signed it, you know, went off to Vegas, went to training camp in March and, you know, kind of fell in love with the game. But it's, it's, it's a quarterback's dream because, you know, you can legit throw 70, 80, 90 touchdowns a year. You know, every single time it's you're, you're 100% going to be throwing the ball. So as a quarterback, you know, it's a perfect league for that. Um, but the, the field dimensions are so much different. They're so much smaller. The angles are so much different. Like there's some throws in outdoor that you just physically cannot make um, in arena just because of the dimensions of the field and dimensions of, you know, the linebacker in the lanes, the safeties in the lanes, stuff like that. So it was, uh, you know, it was a little bit of adjustment that first rookie year. You know, it probably took me about eight weeks to kind of really, you know, kind of get comfortable with what I was doing and reading the defense and just timing it up like that because, you know, these guys are legit, like, you know, NFL caliber athletes running four twos, four threes, four fours. And it's such a condensed space. So, you know, as a quarterback, those those reads are sped up. You know, your reaction time is sped up. So it took a little bit of time just to get used to that. But, you know, I always say there's no better developmental league for a quarterback than arena football. Because, you know, you, like I said, you have to speed up your decision-making process. You have to speed up your delivery. Um, but once you get back outdoor, you know, it, it seems like you have an eternity back there in, in the shotgun, doing zone read, all type of stuff. So it's definitely beneficial for once you get back out of the door. And like I said, once once you get into it, man, throwing, uh, I think I threw 74 touchdowns in 2018. So not not bad. So it's, it's always fun as a quarterback, you know, just throwing the rock around a little bit. So it, it's fun. Yeah, we used to have us a team out here in Erie. They were called the Erie Explosion back in the day. I used to go to all those games. You got dudes okay. flying into the first, like, three rows. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, bro, like you were slept on a ton until 2018. You signed with the Massachusetts Pirates, bro, and they they used you, my guy. And uh, you won that starting job and you started lighting it up. But we'll go over that in the next question. But uh, how did it feel to get that respect that you deserved? You know, you've been working, you've been grinding for about four years in the Arena League at that point. And then you finally get to Massachusetts and you just you get that starting job and you tear it up. What's that like? Yeah, you know, you know, I, I definitely pride myself on my work ethic, um, you know, in the gym, watching film, doing the right things off the field, all that type of stuff. So, you know, it was really just, I, I think it was just a combination of things of, you know, I think I was I was ready before that. It was just, you had to wait for my opportunity. So, you know, I, I played um, behind some of the best, you know, uh, quarterbacks in Arena League history, you know, Tommy Grady, Eric Meyer, um, and I was really just waiting for my time. So when, you know, the mass pirates called, you know, I'm living in Boston. Um, so it was really just a perfect situation. You know, I'm at home the whole year now. Usually I'd have to, you know, go to the, whatever city I'm playing for six months, go back home for six months. So, you know, when that opportunity got presented itself, you know, I was definitely chopping out the bit. So, um, it was just, I think it was just a blessing, man. And, and, you know, it was just when preparation meets opportunity, um, I was ready for it. So I think it was just a, a combination of things. And, you know, those guys, they trusted me, um, you know, to be, to be the quarterback, great ownership. And like I said, being, being home all year, playing in front of your hometown fans and, you know, a bunch of family and friends can come to every single game. So I was just, I was, I was very comfortable being there. And uh, it was just, uh, I think just a match made in heaven. Yeah, for sure. I got to, got to come up and see a game this upcoming year. But uh, so, sure. I mean, I'm in Pennsylvania. That ain't too far, bro. Ain't that ain't... Bit, bro. Come on. 
I'll do it. I'll do it. Hey, and the girly, she's from Massachusetts, bro. So, you know, we got to kind of make a trip oh. up there. Bye then, dog. Get up here, bro. <laughs> right. We got to hang out, too. But uh, So, in 2018-19, combined, quarterback dream we're about to talk about real quick. You tossed 5,693 yards in two years, which is a ton in Arena League. Uh, 131 yeah. touchdowns. You ran for 16 more. Is there any guy – like any dude in the NFL or CFL or anybody you just kind of tried to model your play style after like growing up. And then obviously now as a professional. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a New England guy. So obviously TB 12 is my guy. Um, but you no, know, even growing up, obviously I'm a kind of dual threat guy. Um, love around the ball and, and the zone read all that type of stuff. So Mike Vick growing up, he was, you know, such an exciting player and uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not as fast as him. But uh, I would, like, you know, always want to be the, the white Mike Vick. So that was really one of the guys I looked up to growing up. Obviously, you know, Tom Brady, um, you know, Steve McNair back in the day. There, there's so many great quarterbacks. So, you know, I just try to take a little bit of everything. You know, even even now with Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, all those guys that, you know, are younger than me. But, uh, you know, you always just try to take a little bit from from everybody just to work on um, different things, different throws, different moves, stuff like that. Um, so I'm not sure if there's, there's one person that, you know, I'm definitely like trying to be like, um, you know, obviously Tom Brady, he, he has the championships, he has the ranks, he's the greatest of all time. So if I can, you know, have that team success, I'd trade it all in a second. So, you know, that's really the guy that, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that every quarterback looks to, to, to kind of emulate, but, um, just playing style wise, man, I think it's just a combination of everything. So, yeah. you know, I pride myself on being a, a good athlete, you know, strong, you know, I put, I put work in the weight room, all that type of stuff. So, um, you know, always working on my speed, my agility, uh, and then obviously my throwing mechanics, all that type of stuff. So just really try to take a little bit um, from everybody. You know, even even kids in college, you know, I'm, I'm just a football junkie. So I'll watch, you know, highlights all day long. I'll go down into a rabbit hole of YouTube and I'll be up all night just watching highlights, just trying to take little tidbits from, uh, from everybody. So. Yeah. Uh, I would just say just a combination of people and you know, just try to try to you know emulate what they do well and just try to add uh, some more tools to my toolbox in my game. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you can sign you a ten-year, four hundred million dollar deal like Mahomes too. <laughs> Not bad. I'll take that. <laughs> right. Um, who who gets you like motivated before a game? Like who do you have on your pregame playlist? Stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm a big rap R&B guy, so you know I'll get uh, Drake, Nipsey Hussle. Um, Migos, Future, all those type of guys, you know, like sure. like way early before. And then kind of when it's getting closer to, uh, to you know, kickoff, I'll just put on like, you know, some meditation stuff, some brain stuff, just because, you know, I've really focused on that the last couple of years. It's just the mental side of the game, deep performance, all that type of stuff. So, you know, I don't really want to get too jacked up as a quarterback because then you want to like you'd be throwing the ball a million miles an hour and, and breaking the receiver's hand. So don't really want to get too jacked up right before, uh, you know, uh, kickoff. But, um, I'll, you know, I have all I have to listen to a lot of different stuff. Um, but, you know, right before kickoff, I really just want to, you know, get calm, cool, collected, you know, just visualize what's going to happen in the game. Take a little bit of, of time just to, you know, get my mind ready, get my you know emotions in check and and get ready to go out there and ball. Yeah, man. What's the most uh, touchdowns, most touchdowns in a game in arena? I've had eight. I think eight throwing. Uh, so I've had a couple games of like seven throwing, a couple rushing. So 
right around eight or nine. I'm, I'm trying to break that next season, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, 20 next season. <laughs> uh, who's the best player you've played with and against at any level? Wow. Um, I know you played with Dex. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's got to be Dex, you know. He's a <laughs> all-pro NFL, pro bowler, all-pro, you know, six, seven years in the league. He, he's been great. Uh, I've been talking on, to him, bro. I'm trying to get him on the show. He keeps he, – I know he's a busy guy. He's up there, too. You know, he's had a great time. He's ducking you? He's ducking me, bro. He we'll was supposed to, to, He was supposed to be on today, right before awesome. you. Uh, I might have to, uh, to say some words to Mario. We'll, we'll definitely try to hook that up. But Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, so he, he's been a great player. Um, you know, Jordan Reed, you know, I played against him in high school. He's had a great career in the league. Um, a bunch of guys. You know, I played against James Devlin when he was at Brown. He was actually uh, a defensive end at the time. So I think I played against him. I think I threw for like 170, ran for 150 on him, got the win against Brown. No big deal. No big deal. Um, so yeah, it's, there's been there's been a bunch of great players, you know. And, and the longer you play, you know, the more players you'll play with. And it's I was talking to somebody the other day, like football is such a it's a big world, but it's such a small community. Like you'll on every team that you play on, you'll know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. So it's like everyone's interconnected, you know. And it's like like two two people removed from like knowing your best friend. So it's it's cool just to have that kind of relationship. And you know, Dex is a great guy. Went down and, uh, and visited him. Spent some time with his family down there in Nashville. You know, Marty's one of my best friends up here. So it's uh it's, it's just cool, really, what what football can can bring into your life and the relationships that you can build through football. Yeah, for sure. And even just me like doing this podcast, I've made tons of great friendships. Like it's sick. And I just. Like, that's usually – that's literally yeah. how I found you, bro. Like, like I was trying to get decks, and then I saw that you guys were on the same team, sought you a friend request, we set this up, and boom, now I'm going to yeah. get all your teammates is how it works. <laughs> but uh, a yeah. couple just more like – Just like that, man. Just like that. So uh, I saw that you're, you're a teacher as well and uh, all that good stuff. How would you get into teaching, and how does it feel like kind of being a role model to your students? It's, it's, it's awesome. So, like I said, so really, like um, – had never really considered teaching, you know, so, and again, it's tough because I was, I was leaving, you know, where I was living every six months. So we moved to Boston, I want to say 2015. So right before I left for Vegas. So, you know, Boston's been my hometown, my kind of my home base for the past five, six years. Um, Like I said, so I've been, I've been gone for six months then I come back for six months. So it's kind of hard to get, you know, a teaching job or really any kind of stable job when you're leaving every six months. Um, so when I signed to the Pirates, you know, I've been, um, I was coaching at the time. Uh, I've been coaching a, a private school in, in Cambridge, Mass, uh, BBNN. So shout out to the Knights. Uh, um, I was just looking for, you know, a job that I can still have the hours to go coach night. So I was looking at, you know, like that first shift, seven, seven to three, anything like that. Um, just so I can leave work and then get get to uh, practice on time, so I can you know keep on coaching. And uh, one of the guys on staff at BBNN, he was uh, he was a PE teacher in Waltham Public Schools, so they they were looking for a long term sub. Um, and they, they posted the position. No one wanted to really have it. Um, and like like I said, I was just chilling. I was really just looking for any job. You know, I, I was saving all my football money, so they didn't need like a crazy amount of money. Um, I was really looking for something to, to fill those times so I can to still coach. So got my foot in the door there. Um, so I was like a point four long-term sub position. So that was in Waltham. 
next year kind of got hired almost full-time but I was like you know not a full schedule had like 20 something classes and then this past year was the first year I was actually like a full-time 1.0 teacher with a full class schedule so um like I said they, they've been you know super super flexible with me they've been such an awesome experience with me juggling football and, and uh, teaching um and you know the Pirates obviously they've done they've helped me out a lot too so you know, usually during the school year, you know, we'll have practice in the afternoon when I get out of school. And then once the summer starts, um, you know, I'll get out of school or once school is over, like in June, then we can just practice all day. So it's football, you know, nonstop. Um, so really just kind of just fell into it. And it's something that, you know, I've developed and, you know, I really enjoy doing. And like you said, the kids are all for it, you know, so they, they come up to school like, they come into class, you know, Mr. Brackett, how's your game this weekend? What was the score? How many touchdowns you throw? You know, all this type of stuff. We saw you on TV. We saw you on a billboard, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so it, it's cool just to, you know, just to kind of be a good role model for them, just teach them, you know, how to do right from wrong. Um, and, you know, it keeps me in check because I know I have all these kids looking up to me, so I don't want to, you know, do anything bad in the community. I'm always, I'm always thinking, you know, of uh, just being a good role model for those kids. So, it's, it's an awesome experience, and like I said, it's just a perfect marriage between, you know, playing for the Pirates up here and um, and, and teaching right in Waltham, so it, it's been awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one last question for you, bro. Um, any advice to the young athletes out there trying to chase those chase those pro football dreams? Yeah, um, you know, it's it, it sounds cliche, but it's it's the truth, man. You just got to – you got to outwork everybody. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, there's so many people in the world, you know, trying to be that pro athlete, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, whatever it is, you know, it's like the 1% of the 1%. So if you're not willing to put the time in and do extra and do those little things to, to make yourself great, um, then maybe that's not something that you're, you're, you're prepared to do. Um, so you definitely have to work hard. You know, you got to put in the extra time. You got to do all the right things off the field, in the classroom, all that type of stuff. And then on top of it, you just got to be a good person. You know, I think that's, that's a, that thing kind of gets pushed to the background with, you know, oh, I want to be an athlete is you know, I believe in karma. I think if you're a good person, good things happen to you. So if you, if you're someone that does the right things all the time, um, you put in the work, you're dedicated. Um, I think, you know, good things tend to happen to those people. So it's just, it's, it's a long road. Um, I think you just got to believe in yourself. You know, if you're not your biggest fan, then who else is going to be your biggest fan? So right. just always believe in what you want to do. Believe in yourself always. Um, and then also, you know, even something that I've learned and I've kind of taken even more in the past couple of years is just let, let other people help you. You know, you don't have to do all yourself. You can take, you can take coaching, you know, even if it's just going in and sliding in someone's DM, asking for advice, you know, especially in this social media age with Twitter and Instagram, all that type of stuff. You know, I, I answer, you know, DMs all the time from kids, you know, how I throw better, you know, how I do this, how I do that. So you'll be surprised of how much information you can get just by just by putting yourself out there and reaching out because, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to do it yourself, you know, because even when I was younger, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, I was working as hard as I can, but I wasn't working as smart as I can because I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. So reach out to people. You know, if you don't know something, that's fine, but go out. And, and ask someone that you, you know, you look up to and that you trust because you never know if they can respond to you, help you out. And those little nuggets that you can get from people, they, they go a long way too. So, you know, 
That's what I tell people all the time, bro. Like, people do not understand, bro. Like, people would be so surprised at which people will actually hit you back. And, like, when I first started podcasting, like, I realized that really quickly. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, this dude who's been in the league for six years is just going to respond to my DM like that. Yeah, 100%. Shoot your shot, man. Shoot your shot, brother. Do what you got to do. That's kind of how we we recruit our guys for the Pirates is really just off social media. So, you know, like I want to say probably 75% of the roster, Jawad really just hit up on Instagram. And then, you know, that gets the ball rolling. That gets the conversation going. But I'm going to come try out. Yeah, dude, slide in the DMs, bro. It's, (laughs) It's a whole new world. That's a fact. I'm going I'm to pull up next week. <laughs> but uh, so uh, that's Sean Brackett for you guys. Quarterback for Massachusetts Pirates. Appreciate it, my guy. We definitely got to hang out sometime soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me on, man. Let, you know. Let me know when all this uh, corona stuff kind of dies down. We'll definitely uh, we'll live it up. That's what's up. Y'all got to go follow my guy on Instagram. I'll link it down below, too. Have a good one, brother. All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir.